familiarity of Scripture causes us to miss the power of the Word. And so I pray today that would you open your ears and your heart spiritually and allow the beauty of these words, the living Word of God, to mark your heart and mine afresh and anew. Could we do that? Amen. We're going to start in Isaiah 7 and 14. It says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. <clears throat> Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 7 and 14, Por tanto el Señor mismo os dará señal, he aquí que la Virgen conciberá, y dará a luz un hijo, y llamará su nombre Emmanuel. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Isaías 9 y 6, Porque un niño nos es nacido, hijo nos es dado, y el principado sobre su hombro, y se llamará su nombre Admirable, Consejero, Dios Fuerte, Padre Eterno, Príncipe de Paz. And then to Matthew chapter 1, verse number 18. If you're turning there, I'll give you a second here. And it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Y San Mateo, capítulo 1, versículo 18, el nacimiento de Jesucristo fue así, estando desposada María, su madre, con José, antes que se juntasen, se halló que había concibido del Espíritu Santo. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. José, su marido, como era justo y no quería enfermarla, quiso dejarla secretamente. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Y pensando él en esto, he aquí un ángel del Señor se apareció en sueños y le dijo, José, hijo de David, no temas recibir a María tu mujer, porque lo que en ella es engendrado del Espíritu Santo es. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Y dará a luz un hijo, y llamará su nombre Jesús, porque él salvará a su pueblo de sus pecados. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Todo esto aconteció, para que se cumpliese lo dicho por el Señor por medio del profeta cuando dijo, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. He aquí, una virgen concibirá y dará a luz un hijo, y llamará su nombre Emmanuel, que traducido es Dios con nosotros. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife. Y despertando, José del sueño hizo como el ángel del Señor le había mandado, y recibió a su mujer. And knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. 
pero no la conoció hasta que dio a luz a su hijo primogénito y le puso por nombre Jesús. Now we're going to turn to Luke chapter 2, starting in verse number 4. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Y José subió de Galilea, de la ciudad de Nazaret, a Judea, a la ciudad de David, que se llama Belén, por cuanto era de la casa y familia de David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. Para ser empadronado con María, su mujer, desposada con él, la cual estaba encinta. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Y aconteció que estando ellos allí, se cumplieron los días de su alumbramiento. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Y dio a luz a su hijo primogénito y lo envolvió en pañales y lo acostó en su pesebre porque no había lugar para ellos en el mesón. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Había pastores en la misma región que velaban y guardaban los vigilias de la noche sobre su rebaño. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Y he aquí, se les presentó un ángel del Señor, y la gloria del Señor los rodeó de resplandor, y tuvieron gran temor. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Pero el ángel les dijo, No temáis, porque, porque he aquí os doy nuevas de gran gozo que será para todo el pueblo. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Que os ha nacido hoy en la ciudad de David un Salvador, que es Cristo el Señor. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Esto os servirá de señal. Hallaréis al niño envuelto en pañales, acostado en el pesebre. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Y repentinamente apareció con el ángel una multitud de los huestes celestiales que alaban a Dios y decían, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Gloria a Dios en las alturas, y en la tierra paz, buena voluntad para con los hombres. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said unto another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Sucedió que cuando los ángeles se fueron de ellos al cielo, los pastores se dijeron unos a otros, pasemos pues hasta Belén y veamos esto que ha sucedido y que el Señor nos ha manifestado. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Vinieron pues apresuradamente y hallaron a María y a José y al niño acostado en el pesebre. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. Y al verlo, dieron a conocer los que les había dicho acerca del niño. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Y todos los que oyeron se maravillaron de lo que, de lo que los pastores les decían. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Pero María guardaba todas estas cosas, meditándolas en su corazón. 
And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Y volvieron los pastores, glorificando y alabando a Dios por todas las cosas que habían oído y visto, como se les había dicho. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Cumplido los ocho días para circuncidar al niño, le pusieron por nombre Jesús, el cual le había sido puesto por el ángel antes que fuese concebido. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the truth of the word of God? Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, or in Hebrew, Yeshua, Jehovah has become salvation. Jehovah has become salvation. What a day. Isaiah prophesied it where they read in Isaiah 7 and Isaiah 9, some 740 years before. The child was born. You see, time is nothing to God. When he has a plan that he has ordained, you and I know time, but he orchestrates the lives of men. Bring to pass his will and his purpose. So Isaiah, under the inspiration of the very same spirit that came upon Mary, Holy Ghost, Isaiah, under that inspiration of the Spirit of God, declared, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. And that's exactly what happened. The Lord himself, Emmanuel, God with us. I'm so thankful for this truth today. I don't want it to just be a passing thing. This is a story worth telling every day of the year. God with us. He robed himself in flesh and came and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. I'm thankful for this gift, aren't you? Amen. I'm going to ask Sister Jessica Walker to come. So appreciate her. She is going to give you a little bit of a intro and backdrop or whatever you want to call that. We have some precious young people that have been diligently working to worship the Lord and lead you in worship today. And so she'll tell you a little bit about that. Come on up here so they can see you. Um, so as they take their place, um, they have been, these five kiddos have been working very hard um, to praise God in their hands. So we, we want to praise God in every way. They will use their hands today um, and just worship with them. Um, don't stare too hard and make them too nervous. <laughs>
to glorify his name. Amen. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, precious young people. They've, I know for a fact they've been coming and practicing and doing Zoom meetings and practicing because they wanted to find a way to express glory to his name. And I think that's a beautiful thing today. Amen. Thank you, Brother Martin. Amen. Would you give me just a few minutes this morning in the Word before we go about our day today? I have something from the Word that I believe the Lord would like to challenge us with today. 
Amen. The book of Luke where Brother Ethan and Brother Renee have already read. But I'd like to go there again to Luke chapter 2. You really are such a beautiful people. You really, really are. People of God are such beautiful people. I don't know that I could adequately express today how thankful I am for each and every one of you. As I stand here today and worship the Lord with you, I say because of you and him, my heart is full. And I honor you. I honor him today. It's a privilege to worship with you this morning and to spend this Christmas morning with you. Thank you. Luke chapter number two, I would like us to consider something from Luke's gospel. Starting there in verse number six, this has been read to us already, but I'd like to look again. Luke two and six, and so it was that while they were there, this is Mary and Joseph, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered or give birth to the child. Verse 7, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the unlikeliest of places. She laid him in a manger. Of course, the reason that she laid him in a manger is because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field. They were keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. You know, we read that. We don't even pause and consider that. It's a quiet night out on the hillsides of Bethlehem. Shepherds are sitting around, maybe even dozing off a little bit, watching the sheep. And all of a sudden, on this quiet night, an angel shows up. And when the angel shows up, the glory of the Lord in the middle of the night becomes so bright it shines around them. Is it any wonder they were sore afraid? I don't know if they even thought about UFOs then, but they probably wonder what in the... They knew. I think they knew this is something of God that's taking place. And they were sore afraid. Get this picture. Shepherds. I love the fact that when he first came, he didn't come to those of high social status. He came to shepherds in a field. Aren't you thankful he came for common men like you and I? Verse 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be, I love this part of the verse, to all people. That gets us included. Which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Aren't you so thankful a Savior was born? This Savior is Christ the Lord. Verse 12, 
to the shepherds, this shall be a sign to you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, again, in the most unlikeliest of places, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I'd like you to go back to verse number seven with me, and this is what I just want to talk to you for about just a few minutes. You have my word. I will not be long this morning. And she, Mary, brought forth her firstborn son, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. I want to like the Lord wants to challenge us on this Christmas morning and as we step into the dawn of a new year about how much room do you give Jesus? How much room? You know, it's an interesting verse, that verse. Just leave it up there, please. To think that the king of kings, you know, Israel expected him to come in pomp and circumstance and some grand entrance. Well, he made a grand entrance, but he made it to shepherds. And, you know, it's an interesting thing. I guess we could ask G. G has a hotel. He knows about innkeepers a little bit. As I understand it, especially back in this time, some 2,000 years ago, the innkeeper, of course, it was a busy time in Bethlehem because of the taxing taking place, so all of his rooms were let out. But as I understand it, the innkeeper always had his own room. They always had their own place where they stayed in the inn. I wonder if perhaps, I mean, you would, you would think that, I mean, I would think, that a human being seeing a man and a woman and the lady great with child would offer up his room. But he probably thought, you know, I'm, I'm being kind and generous. I've got a stable out back with some of my animals. I think we could make room in that stable for you. And perhaps you could have your child out there in the stable. There's been some animals born out there, maybe... It'd be a safe place for you to, you'll be in from the elements. And so it was. The king of kings was born in a barn. Let that sink in for just a minute. That when he came, he was born in a barn. And laid in a feeding trough. Sounds so much more eloquent and romantic when we say a manger, doesn't it? It wasn't some beautiful thing to the eye and the natural. 
They were inside a barn with the livestock. And there was a feeding trough. that They put some hay in, wrapped them in clothes and laid them in that. What a wonder that the God of all creation would condescend to such low estate. That he would humble himself. God, the creator of all mankind, would humble himself and to be born and take on the form of that which he created for the sole purpose of saving that which he created, that which was formed in the mind of God before the beginning of the world. Oh, what love, huh? What amazing love. What perfect love. The oft-quoted verse from John 3 for God so loved the world that he gave. Love brought a gift. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But this is the thought I would consider today. Because he came in a manger, we know, of course, he did not stay in the manger. He had to move from that. That was The manger was not his lifelong calling. The manger was simply the point of humble beginnings before his ministry took place some 30 years later, and he began to walk the face of the earth for about three and a half years, preaching repentance and the kingdom of God. This child born moved from a manger to the forefront of Jewish culture and history. And in three and a half years, with 12 men and others that began to follow, he forever changed the world. This child that was born, you and I know today, was God manifested in the flesh. And God came, and in a moment of time, He forever split time and history. And everything before Him is known as before Christ. And everything from this day forward is known as Anno Domini, or the day of our Lord, the year of our Lord. And you and I, whether there are those that believe or not, every time they quote the date, they are acknowledging something happened 2,022 years ago or so that forever changed the way men view time. It was the birth of a child that affected all of time, not just that that followed his birth, but I submit to you and make it known that his birth and the coming of this Savior affected everything before him. Because all of the law and Moses and the Psalms and the prophets all testified of him. Isaiah said, God himself, the Lord himself, will give you a sign. Emmanuel, God with us. But here's the question I find in this that I leave you with today and ask you to take and ponder in your spirit this week and in the year ahead. Why did the innkeeper not give up his own room? Why did the innkeeper, if he had known that it was the Lord of glory, would his action have been different? Might he have said, you know what? You all come and take my place. 
I'll stay in the stable tonight. I'll vacate the finer things I've reserved for myself in order to make place for you and this child that's being born. I ask us this question. I feel the King of Kings asking this question. How much room will you give me in your life? See, the interesting thing about the Lord in this story of history, He was God. He could have come and taken any place He wanted when He was born. You believe that? He could have chosen to be born in a palace in the most beautiful of places. But there is something we see in the birth of Christ that is true of the very nature of God with each and every one of us. And it is this. He will always take the humble place that's given and wait for us to make more room for Him. He does not force Himself into any place not given. He only takes what is allotted him by you and I. Could he take it all? Of course. But he says, if you make a manger available, then that's where I'll be. I ask you and I the question this Christmas morning. What room have you given him in your life? Where does the King of Kings reside in your heart? Where does the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords reside in your thoughts? Where does the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords reside in your home? What place and position and priority have you given him in your marriage, in your relationships, on your job? in your finances, in your coming and your going, in your daily living, in your time, in your 24 hours a day. What place, what room have you given him? Is he still relegated to a manger because that's all that you or I have made available? Or is there something that has so gripped your heart where you've recognized and realized this child that was born is the Savior of my soul. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I will not relegate Him to just a small place in the corner of my heart. But by His great grace, I surrender all. I pray, take up the throne of my heart. Take up the throne of my mind. Take up the throne in my marriage. Take up the throne in my home. Take up the throne on my calendar. I give you all the room you desire. Take it all. He'll only take what you give. But there is this ever struggle in man that we see here in verse number 7. He was laid in the lowliest of places. And the reason is because there was no room for him in the end. 
It may be a strange question I understand on Christmas. But it's one I'm responsible to ask you. How much room does he have in your life? What room have you given him? I don't care if you're eight or nine or if you're 89. What room? Where does this Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, what priority does he have in your everyday life? Here's what I've learned, if I could be honest with you about my own life. There are days I'll give him complete control and I want him to have the best of all that I have. But I can get caught up in the cares of life. And if I'm not careful, I'll relegate him back to the manger. Because there's no room for him in the busyness of my life today. I understand we have jobs, we have families, we have different things that pull on us. But we're not just talking about some passing thing. We're talking about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Is there anything or anyone that deserves more room in your life and mine than him? What would happen in this closing week of 2022 as we stand on the threshold and begin to step into a new year? What would happen if we who call ourselves the people of God said, the best room is yours. You get the priority of my every day. I'll start every day giving you room. You take place. You take the throne of my heart. I vacate it. I submit the throne of my heart to you who is king. Rule and reign in my thoughts. Rule and reign on my job. Rule and reign in my home. Rule and reign in my relationships. Rule and reign on my calendar. Rule and reign. I'm giving you room. I'm not relegating you to a manger. I'm not relegating you to a side room. I'm not relegating you to a place that's only convenient for me when I have time. But I'm purposing, God, by your grace, if you'll help me, I'm purposing that the best place is reserved for you. There will be room for you beyond a manger in my life. This is the beckoning I feel of the Spirit of the Lord. I read that verse and it rips my heart. There was no room. Seems almost ironic, doesn't it? If they'd known, they would have made room. Don't you think? If they had known, they would have made room. And so their very action becomes conviction to us because we know. We know. But do we make proper room? 
do we make proper room? Would you stand with me this morning? See, I told you I would be quick. I've often wondered what would it have been like to be one of those shepherds? Wish they had YouTube back then so we could have recorded that. I can't even fathom what that must have been like to be in the field under the stars and then all of a sudden to have an angel appear and declare this truth. And then this truth is declared, and then all of a sudden there's a whole host of angels that appear. This beautiful declaration that rings through all of time. I love the shepherd's response. It should be my response when I realize this truth and it becomes true to me. They said, let us at once make haste and go and see this child. What about our job? Oh no, the news I've just heard requires an immediate response. I dare not stay here and be preoccupied with the cares of life until I first go and get this child in proper place. Let us at once, let us make haste. Let us go and see this child. What did they do? They made room. They made room. They realized the news they received demanded their response. And there was nothing in their life that was of greater priority than responding to that which they heard. So you and I are faced with the same news. How will you respond today and tomorrow and the next day? I promise you, if we give him all the room, we can partake of what those shepherds partook of and even more because his spirit will dwell within us. Emmanuel, God with us. Oh, what a blessed truth. Could you thank him right now? Perhaps right there where you are before we go this morning, you would be willing, if needful, to repent and to express the giving of room like never before. Maybe you've been a little selfish with your time. Maybe I've been a little selfish with my attention and my relationships and my priorities. But the King of Kings, in a gentle way, a loving way, in a pure way, the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace, is saying, will you give me room? 
Will you give me the place of priority in your day, in your living, in your coming, in your going, in your doing, in your speaking, in your rising up and in your laying down? Will you give him room? Will you give him the utmost room? Jesus, be the center of my life. Jesus, take the throne of my heart. Let me relinquish it unto you. You will not force your way, but I desire to give it willingly. Rule and reign in my heart and in my thoughts and in my life. Let your word and your spirit take complete control. Let them be the guide of my thoughts. Let them be the director of my steps. Let my life, oh God, be hid with Christ in you. I pray that you take room. That you not be relegated anywhere in my life where I put you in second place or lower position. I pray, forgive me, Lord, this day. Convict my heart and I submit to you. Be the King of kings. Be the Lord of lords. Rule and reign in every room of my heart and every room of my life. Rule and reign on my job. Rule and reign in my marriage. Rule and reign with me as a father and as a husband. Rule and reign, O oh God. Take the throne of my life. I want you in the best room, the place that you rightfully deserve. In the name of Jesus, let it never be said in my relationship with you that there was no room. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And I thank you and I worship you this morning. Thank you for coming. Thank you for robing yourself in flesh. You did not have to do so. You could have left me to be lost. But your great love wherewith you loved. Thank you for coming. Thank you for the gift of the holy child, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Our hearts are filled with thanks this morning. We give you thanks and we give you praise. And we declare with the angels glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. And I pray on earth peace. Goodwill toward men. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, precious people today. The very fact that you are here is an expression of an effort to make room. Purpose it in your heart. It's the greatest thing you and I could ever do is to give him all the room.
older. Amen. May the Lord bless you richly and abundantly today. And may you greet your brother or sister or guest. Merry Christmas.